welcome to another episode of the Aftershock, where we're going to be covering the latest and greatest of everything that happened last week, both in Web3 and in the metaverse. So we're going to go ahead and dive straight into it. And we're going to start off by looking at this week's shock. The Aftershock. So we're starting off this week looking at Kraken. So Kraken reaches $30 million settlement with the SEC over staking as IRS seeks user information. So this was really substantial news. Kraken basically had to stop all of its staking um, and also is having to pay about $30 million. Um, The SEC charged Kraken with failing to register the offer and sell of their crypto assets staking as a service program, which commission claims qualified as securities under its purview. Crypto firm is has agreed to cease operations of a staking program and pay the $30 million fine. Now, this is very interesting because there are a lot of different exchanges that provide staking opportunities. Um, one of them being Coinbase, which currently you can still go and stake over at Coinbase. So we believe, or I'm looking at this as this is not the end of where we're going to see staking begin to have effect on the market. As soon as this news dropped last Friday, uh, we saw a a pretty significant pullback. Um, This could be sustained based on what happens now as the aftershocks kind of go across the rest of Web3 and different exchanges that are US-based. So we're going to keep monitoring this, but this was a really, really big story and again, might shape how governments and the... SEC continues to go after the Web3 market after everything that happened with FTX. So not surprised here, but not the end of what is yet to come. On the subject of Coinbase, we're going to look at how Coinbase diversified revenue with uh, staking uh, comes with what's happening with the SEC. So staking makes up more of Coinbase revenues than ever before, but because of the stance on staking, this is a major problem. So. Coinbase has been working hard to diversify its revenue streams away from trading fees. Staking service has played a pivotal role in that endeavor. Between the start of 2020 and the end of the third quarter of 2022, Coinbase raked in $9.46 billion from retail traders and an additional $508 million from institutions. That represents 90% of the $11.7 billion revenue Coinbase brought in over that time. Um, Per the SEC disclosures compiled um, by BlockWorks. The weight of Coinbase's trading fees revenues have been shrieking. Trading fees made up 87% of quarterly revenues throughout 2022, but on average, 77% of the first three quarters of the last year. Um, This is to say that staking is huge for Coinbase's business. When the news dropped about Kraken, you saw a huge pullback in Coinbase stock. Like, not not crypto, but like the actual stock, because Coinbase is a publicly traded company, and its stock took a huge hit. So... Uh, the CEO of, of Coinbase is trying to help tamper uh, some of these uh, sentiments that's out there to say that, hey, we're it's going to stay here. It's going to be here. But time will tell. Uh, this is going to be really challenging to hold up. And it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks and months to, to see how the SEC potentially goes after Coinbase over this as well. Next, we're going to look at the stablecoin 
issuer Paxos reportedly probed by the New York state regulators. While the exact reason for the investigation has been revealed, it has been reported that the New York regulator plans on upping its efforts to protect consumers this year. Paxos Trust Company, the New York-based stablecoin issuer behind Binance, USD, BUSD, and Paxos Dollar, USDP, is reportedly being investigated by the New York Department of Financial Services. Now, this is very interesting because Binance abruptly stopped all U.S. withdrawals and said it was going to stop and it wasn't going to do any more. And we're kind of, I was curious, like, well, where is this coming from? And it's very clear that basically after this came out, Binance immediately uh, came out and and was like, all right, if you're going to do this, play play hardball, we're going to play hardball too. And so because they're looking into this, uh, Binance has has also put its foot down and said, okay, well, we're going to stop all this as well. So this could have major implications. Uh, Binance has been in the forefront of a lot of different moving pieces that could have large implications for the market this year. Binance is the biggest exchange in the world by far. And uh, the less access to that people have to Binance, it's it's not necessarily great for its bottom line, but also it just goes to show that there's a ton of companies that are distancing themselves away from having to deal with the US and, and, and the SEC. So it's kind of isolating us in a lot of ways. So this is a, a story that we're going to keep monitoring closely, but there's a lot of cause and effect happening right now. And I don't think we're seeing the the end of it. Next, we're going to look at Microsoft. And Microsoft is... Um, it cut its metaverse team uh, almost, it created four months ago. So it let go um, along with 4.5% of the company's workforce last month. So the team dubbed Industrial Metaverse Core Team was formed in October and tasked to build industrial networks and assist users with metaverse operations. It worked with customers across various industries, including healthcare, retail, and financial services. Notable clients included Coca-Cola, Unilever, and General Motors. The executive VP and chief commercial officer at Microsoft, Judson Adeloff, uh, said. Uh, Four months later, the team comprised of an estimated 100 employees was let go as part of the company's 10,000-person job cut in January. Now, I don't find this extremely surprising. Microsoft cuts things very early, does not let them really play out. And then what they'll do instead is go and purchase something that's further along and built. Microsoft really, once they eye something and they see it's not really panning out and they looked at what Metaverse was, uh, what Meta was doing when they switched and they were trying to say like, hey, we, we need to keep up with them. We need, we need to do something. And they saw how much money Meta lost last year building on this. They were like, you know what? Let them have this for now. We'll see once they get it figured out and then we'll see who else is working on this and probably go buy them out. So I think this is a strategic move and it's unfortunate for those who were working over on that division, but um, pretty optimistic that they can go find uh, work elsewhere. Next, we're looking at Mississippi as Mississippi bill legalizes Bitcoin mining in residential and industrial areas. The state's mining bill set to become effective July 1st protects miners from being considered as money transmitters. Senator Josh Harkins introduced the bill to the House stating that digital asset mining has generated thousands of job opportunities for the state and provided billions in positive economic value for companies. Mississippi is trying to be a leader in the uh, Bitcoin mining ecosystem, and they're putting in 
skills in place to try to maximize on that. And I think that's really cool. Um, I think you're going to start seeing more and more states try to find ways to adapt to Web3 and the opportunities that are there. And Mississippi's obviously one that is uh, trying to lead the charge on that. So um, great to see in Mississippi. Uh, We'll see um, what else you'll add um, as the year progresses. Next, we're going to look at Web3. And Web3 Community Unites for Turkish-Syrian Earthquake Victims Finance Redefined. So the Web3 ecosystem came together to offer all possible help and aid to the victims of the Turkish-Syrian earthquake, one of the worst natural disasters in recent history. In the aftermath of a deadly 7.8 magnitude earthquake in the southeast in southeastern Turkey, the Web3 community has come together to raise awareness and aid for disaster victims. Stablecoins could prove to be a critical factor in larger DeFi adoption, Ave founder Steny Kulachov said. According to the Ave executive, building the payment layer, which involves stablecoins, can potentially hook regular people into the space, eventually introducing them to DeFi. On the other hand, S&P Global Ratings believe DeFi protocols can attract institutional interest if they get scrutinization right. Securitization right. Now, this is a major disaster that happened last year. Um, uh, sorry, that happened last week. Um, about there's, there's been over 3,000 deaths. Um, there's actually over 100 people are being arrested on um, these uh, contractors and architects who helped build the city because this devastation shouldn't have happened because a lot of corners were cut while a lot of the buildings were built. And so it's a very unfortunate situation, but it's great to see Web3 stepping up and trying to provide aid and support over um, for, for uh, Turkey uh, during this uh, hard times. Final story that we're going to look at in... Web3 lightning round is Shopify launching suit of blockchain commerce tools for merchants. Shopify NFT merchants can now use the token gating tools to dictate which token holders can and cannot gain access to exclusive products, NFT drops, and benefits. So the crypto-friendly e-commerce giant Shopify has launched a suite of blockchain commerce tools to enhance the user experience. By announcing the move via Twitter on February 9th, Shopify blockchain team designer noted that we've launched some fresh tools to help you build token-gating apps for Shopify merchants. In particular, expanded Crypto Wallet Connect features and token-gating application programming interfaces API tools have been highlighted. The latter has been early access beta access mode since June of 2022 and previously only available to select number of merchants. I think this is really cool that uh, Shopify is doing more to get some of these Web3 devs to be able to come in and build really cool stuff on top of it. The music industry is moving in the direction of Web3 and sees how powerful it can be, not just for your producers, your your musicians, um, and the companies that are helping to create all this uh, amazing music that we enjoy, but also for your end user um, and, and being able to, if not only have a piece of ownership, but also have a, a way to be more direct and make sure that their patronage is going directly to uh, the musician uh, and musicians that they um, admire. So I think this is really cool. And I think this is uh, a great final story for this week's Web3 lightning round. So now we're going to look at last week in the metaverse. And we're going to start off with an article about crypto payments. So let's go ahead and look at crypto payments for MoonPay and NFT marketplace looks rare as they ink a partnership. Look where users can buy and sell cryptocurrencies through MoonPay, which will allow users to purchase NFTs with a credit card. 
Web3 payments firm MoonPay is teaming up with the NFT marketplace. Looks rare to allow traders to easily purchase crypto and NFTs on the platform. MoonPay's infrastructure aims to help onboard LooksRare customers to Web3 and will offer a suite of products to facilitate efficient transactions. Its NFT checkout allows collectors to purchase NFTs with a debit or credit card without first purchasing crypto. It also lets MoonPay users purchase Looks, Marketplace's native token. I think this is a very critical first step to, to continued mass adoption, a huge barrier for entry for a lot of people in this space, especially as they go into NFTs, is having to figure out how to onboard to an exchange, how to then purchase Ethereum, Solana, or whatever native token you're going to use, then going to another marketplace like OpenSea to then purchase um, the NFT that they look. It's a lot of steps. It's pretty strenuous. There's a huge barrier. Everyone knows how to go online, put in a credit card and buy something. Everyone pretty much deals with Amazon. So therefore they know how to do this and make online payments. By eliminating a lot of those barriers to entry, you're now allowing more people to be able to come in and utilize these uh, services and be able to buy NFTs. So I think we are continuing to progress towards mass adoption. It's kind of a web 2.5 with having uh, two point web two types of infrastructure in place that people can use while still combining all the great things that are in web three. I think 2023 is going to be critical with moving more towards 2.5. I think we still have a lot way to go to really be 3.0. So I think it's for the companies and um, platforms that are, are really pushing 2.5 they're going to be set up for the success of the next bull run and, and people really looking to be more immersed in Web3. The next story looks at Rihanna. And popular Rihanna song offered as NFT with royalty sharing ahead of the Super Bowl. So music producer deputy who helped produce Rihanna's hit single, Better Have My Money, is granting a portion of his streaming royalties to collectors through another art block. Popular song released uh, by Rihanna was offered as an NFT through Web3 Music Startup, another block on Thursday, allowing holders to receive partial streaming royalties. The new platform works with rights holders, including artists, producers, writers, uh, to divest a percentage of their streaming royalty rights, which are offered fractionalized NFTs. Now, a few things on this. Uh, I think this is awesome. They did this before they knew uh, what the first song was going to be played at the, the Super Bowl. And for all of those who took this bet, uh, which was one of the odd bets that you could take on the Super Bowl, if you bet that this was going to be her opening song, not only did you make a lot of money, if you had purchased this NFT, now you're making royalties off of that song. So I think this is really cool that more and more um, creatives are finding ways to get involved in Web3 and finding ways that they can participate in the success of the musicians um, and, and bands that they really love. So I thought that was a really cool story. Next, we're going to look at Def Jam as a... Uh... Sorry about that. Uh, Def Jam launched a new virtual band with Solana NFT collection. And it's really cool. Uh, Def Jam uh, Records uh, has a ton of really good hits out there and has a ton of really cool artists. And you're starting to see more and more of the hip-hop community embrace uh, Web3 and uh, NFTs. I mean, uh, shout out to one of our old artists that was on the show, Spotty Wi-Fi, recently dropped a song that had um, Snoop Dogg in it that was giving him kudos uh, about really putting him on uh, the, the NFT game and um, learning how to get more involved in this space. So 
because of that, you're going to see more and more of competitors who see Snoop Dogg and who see these other artists who are participating in Web3 and saying, all right, obviously, there's this is the future. This is a path forward. How do we get more involved? And so um, I think this is uh, going to continue to happen and more people are going and more production studios are going to find a way uh, to get on these different NFT collections. And it's really cool to see this one built on Solana. Uh, don't sleep on Solana. Solana's, I think, going to have a really cool breakout year. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Next, we're going to look at Paris Hilton launching a VR dating experience in the metaverse. So famous New York socialite Paris Hilton um, is trying to create an environment where people can find their true love. Um, Paris Island is a, a, a metaverse that she's trying to bring alive within the sandbox. The idea essentially is a VR dating experience crossed with a reality dating show. Um, and it's uh, supposed to actually uh, be a, an actual show that's going to be taking place in the sandbox. So it's something that you can both watch and potentially participate in. I think it's something really cool that you're starting to see these cross collaborations um, of these companies and um, how they're also trying to get uh, people to, to be alive with them um, in the metaverse for these really cool um, experiences. Um, so excuse me real quick. All right, sorry for that pause. Uh, my computer looks like it is starting to dial me, so I'm going to speed through these final ones. So Major Paris Art Museum to exhibit CryptoPunks, autoglyphs, and NFTs. Um, I think that's um, is really cool. Uh, you're, you're starting to see uh, these art places really start to embrace NFTs as future of arts and, and have more participation. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see this into the future, especially as a Paris Blockchain Week is coming up. Uh, it makes sense that they're trying to you know, get some of these really cool things in place while all these people are going to be coming and participating. Next, we have uh, LeBron uh, breaking the NBA scoring record and his NFTs are flying off the shelves. He passed um, the great um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, as the all-time uh, scoring record. And uh, we think it's really cool um, to see like how far LeBron's come. And he has a lot of different entities that are out there. They're selling like hotcakes. Uh, this isn't going to stop. LeBron's going to continue to making really, really great money and opportunities. Uh, finally, Reddit has given away over a million Super Bowl NFTs on Polygon. Uh, Reddit recently came out um, on Polygon, and they're going to continue to grow and uh, really be really, really um, leaders in the NFT space. Uh, they really know how to connect with their communities and they understand what it means to uh, keep having more of their people um, utilize NFTs as a means for participation and, and growing out. So that is going to wrap us for this week's um, Aftershock. I uh, really hope that you enjoyed all the different articles and information that we shared with you. If you liked what we had to say, um, please leave us some comments uh, over on YouTube if you're watching us there. Um, also, make sure to, um, if you're over on the podcast, uh, share this out. Uh, we're trying to get more uh, uh, podcast listeners, subscribers, everything else. Follow us on all of our social channels. And um, um, we hope you enjoy all the content that we're putting out. Um, otherwise... Uh, we hope that you continue to stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. 
All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other CryptoCurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. 